The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com, connect with me on facebook.com slash Lassiter Consulting, or follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, or on my website, Lassiter Consulting. Our guest today, who is constantly evaluating the skills of current or future CEOs and their direct reports to help determine their future that's a big, big deal, <laughs> is Bruce Walton, partner at Battaglia Winston, a mid-sized global executive search firm, consistently ranked as one of the top 15 best firms in the business. Make sure you find him on BattaliaWinston.com, that's B-A-T-T-A-L-I-A, Winston.com, and LinkedIn.com. Today, we're going to talk about being found, how search firms find CEOs, And we're fortunate to have the pro in executive search with us. Bruce has experience with the largest firms in the world, including Russell Reynolds and Hydrogen Struggles, as well as a boutique firm and Battaglia Winston, always concentrating on searches for the top executives in the industrial, in technology, and family-owned business sectors. Bruce, thank you for being here. Pleasure to be here. It's thank you for inviting me. It's great to see me. you, too. I'm delighted to get such talent. Bruce, I'm always fascinated with what starts people on their current career trajectory. Something inspired you, either at Ted Hood Sailmakers or more likely your years at IBM when you were a young guy. I know you said young puppy, but you weren't that. You're a young guy in marketing that headed you towards executive search. What was the inspiration? Well, uh, actually, it was the thought of getting transferred out of Boston. <laughs> uh, uh, geographic roots. Geographic roots here. Um, and I, I would say that many people who get into executive searches, it's serendipitous. There's a, a natural break point in a career that, where it makes sense. So you take your industry expertise and leverage it doing other things. Yes. Actually, everybody I know in search didn't grow up wanting to be... An executive search consultant. <laughs> search firms look for people who bring real-world experience. Uh, experience to the table. And relationships. So it's worked for you it ever has. since. And so much for... 30-plus years. Ah, well, maybe you can get back into sailing for an avocation now, too. Um, two things I wanted to share with our market listeners before we plunge in. I want to keep the vocabulary straight from the beginning. When you hear the word candidate, we're referring to the job seeker 
or the applicant, possibly you. If you hear the word client, that's the one who's working with the search firm who makes the financial commitment and the one who's ultimately in control. Bruce will go into this more later. Sure. Okay. Secondly, around the title of the show, we I called it being found. And as a CEO, you're having lots of ways that you are either found or refound many times. So this hearing a search expert doesn't mean it's a one-time thing. These are skills that are lifetime skills because you may end up being an interim CEO like some people do in semi-retirement or you may have on, be at sea level now and you may be moving either laterally or vertically. So the skills you're talking about today will be things you can use for your career. Board searches are a little different because they're more discreet and invitational. Does that yes, make that's a sense point. to you? But the screening is very similar. So hang on to these ideas. Bruce, you've always been on the executive search side of the business. Could you share with our listeners what a retained search firm such as yours is and how a candidate might feel the difference between a retained search firm and a contingency one, which typically deals with more of an entry to mid-level employee? Sure. Um, the difference between retainer and, and contingency has everything to do with the level of the search. As you stated, the mid-level and lower searches are generally contingent. Um, and frankly, the, uh, the consultant is only paid if a candidate gets a job. At the higher levels, when we're talking about the C-suite or the CEO uh, level, uh, the searches tend to be on the retainer basis. And in that regard, the, the consultant is paid by the company to go out and recruit someone to be CEO. Mm-hmm. So we're paid by the company. Um, and at the same time, we have to wear a reasonable man's hat because we're, we're dealing in a mediation. Once uh, interest is established between a candidate and the client, we want to make sure it doesn't fall apart for the wrong reasons. But mm-hmm. it's really, uh, we find people, create options for the client who is the company, and help make sure that the process works in a way that... Uh, uh, is on as straight a path as it can be, but it's never a straight line from me to be in search. No, for ne- either the client or the candidate or the search firm either. But that's an important distinction. A contingency uh, gets a percentage when the person is pl- uh, actually placed. Yes. So plug and play sort of. And the executive search firm is paid regardless. Is well, yes, and they're different. They're fine points on how that how that works, but in in essence, the real difference is that we don't care where the candidates come from. Mm -hmm. So you could refer your own person that came internally or from a friend or that knows you, as well as the search firm finding its own sources. Uh, Correct. And if if somebody becomes known to the to the uh, client, the Mm -hmm. company, Mm -hmm. they will refer them to us, put them through the same screen. Authorship or ownership is is not important. We're paid. for helping the client, the company, get to the right place. And get the best person, not necessarily the fastest person, but the which is contingency often is, but the best person. So if these are two very separate categories, some firms overlap, but not a lot. So if you want to be a CEO or are moving into your next CEO position, the retained search firm is what you're looking for. Yes. I'd like to go into the business model a little bit so people understand how search firms work, too, that they aren't working for the job seeker. 
But could you talk about that a little bit and tell people about how they're structured and uh, how to best work with search firms? Well, there, there are a number of aspects to answer your question. Um, generally, the team in a search firm that's executing a search will include a partner and um, research or candidate development person and, and an, an administrative person and sometimes two partners, uh, in, as in our firm. Four years are always better than two. <laughs> but the, uh, our process is one of setting good foundations and understanding what the company is really looking for um, in terms of qualifications, competencies, cultural fit, uh, the things that will make a, uh, a successful candidate successful in the job. And we try and distill that down and frankly push the client to develop a set of priorities. What are the key must-haves that uh, help defi- will help define success in the role? So that's really the first step. When you yes. sit, once you have the contract and everything's settled, the first thing you do is sit down with the client company and determine the specifications and what they're looking for. And there's a difference between a specification and a job description. Okay. Companies often have a job description um, for the CEO or any position that they might be hiring. And it tends to be, frankly, more generic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will spend a day with the client interviewing the key voices in management on the board to understand what needs to get done, what will define success in three to five years, uh, what's the competition, what's the culture, a whole lot of things, and trying to distill that down into a, a specification, uh, which is a couple of pages long in the way I do it, but the idea is that it's two-thirds a marketing document and one-third a screening document. It really describes the position uh, what needs to be done, what the qualifications are that we seek. Out of that, we derive, uh, not everybody does this, but something I learned quite a while ago and it's been very successful for me is a, a competency model. And the simple mm-hmm. approach is to say, if, if the spec describes the opportunity and the challenge, what are the competencies you would like to see displayed recently and successfully in the candidate as a marker that they can come do that for us. So you're backing up and really a bigger picture, it sounds like, than the... Uh, There's a lot of time that goes into it and the priorities that come out of that are very important because our process is really a combination of research and networking. We divide the world into sources and prospects. Mm -hmm. Prospect is somebody who might become a candidate. A source is someone who knows the fish pond we're fishing and good search usually includes multiple fish ponds. There are different ways. There may be a, an industry bias in one fish pond. There may be a geographical bias in another fish or pond. Or a functional bias, etc. Or a functional bias. Uh, and so we have, to, uh, we have to set the priorities. And it's better to set those priorities before you're actually talking to candidates. I bet you'll find internal disagreement on what they want to hire too, uh, right? I had one search once where... Um, Top two officers in the in the uh, company parted way over differences Ooh. in their view of a search. As in, the left the company or what? Yes. To, oh, gee, that's kind of <laughs> dramatic too. But you don't want to be the candidate in the middle of that <laughs> interviewing either. So good for Bruce to get that straightened out before you get there too. Okay, so once the not only the specifications but the the job description, the whole 
I don't know if you've ever seen what comes from a search firm, but it's really like a 10-page document. It's a beautiful artwork. <laughs> well, we <laughs> try and keep it simple um, because candidates won't read too much. No, no. But, but we have to distill it down, and, and we also uh, will create a strategy, which we get sign-off on the client uh, for, that talks about what are the kinds of companies this person could be in. Yeah, so they're finding out where you should already be sitting. This is part of, this will come up in our discussion later on. Uh, but that's important. Knowing how to search from works and how they think is really helpful for your own credibility when you're in there interviewing and you can learn how to help them too. So mm-hmm. you're getting insider information. So understanding this process and the detail and the attention it takes is and, really helpful. And good search really involves fundamental research saying, who in the industry do we need to be yeah. looking for? But also, um, who are the people that know the industry, whether they're mm-hmm. association heads, uh, the, if there's an association conference, the board that, that oversees the conference, they tend to know the uh, the marketplace yeah. pretty well, who the good people are. And so, so it's a combination of fundamental research and networking. And the first month of the search is we're talking if, with a strategy mm-hmm. um, that we share with a client. We'll be talking with 50 to 75 people in order to produce what we call a long list that might be a dozen, six to 12 people who are both qualified and interested. Six to 12, that's small for the first list, too. Yeah. So you're talking, these are all sources you're talking to, people, influencers, people that know the candidates that are not potential or prospects. They aren't prospects themselves. There can be in that okay. first month. Sometimes we'll identify this is, these are the kinds of companies, these are the right seats. We'll mm-hmm. try and reach out to those folks. Okay. At the same time, we know people who can lead us to the best people. Okay. And so it's a combination of those two strategies. That's a lot. That's very time intensive too. So they're asking everywhere. They're not just going to the next door neighbor and say, would you like to be my CEO? (laughs) It's looking across. So this is something to be aware of too. There's a very broad pool by the time they narrow it down Mm -hmm. to six to 12 people. what happens after that? Once you get the list of six to twelve, you start approaching those. Well, actually, what level of the firm starts approaching those? It's a combination um, of the partner and and candidate developer, or we call them senior associates. Okay. And um, coming at about the one month point after we're in the market, we'll sit down with the client for an hour, an hour and a half, and review. Uh, you know what the market's telling us and out of that process we'll usually uh, develop four to six folks that the client has significant interest in. Okay, that sets us up for the rest of the process which is fascinating and I'd like to come back to that after break. So we're going to take a short break and stick around and you're going to hear the rest of how the search process progresses. Here you See you in three. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from the break. We're talking to Bruce Walton, our mid-cap technology, industrial, and family-owned business search guru about how to be found by search firms when you're thinking about your next steps. We were just in the middle of the search process. The specs have been defined. There's a job description. They're starting to identify who they're talking to. They've got it down to 6 to 12 people. And Bruce said something before the break I want to come back to. Either he or a senior associate may reach out to you. Just a a flag. I work with so many people, and there are even books written about this, that when you get a call from a search firm, yay, so-and-so firm, call me, I'm a candidate, yes. Should they feel that way? Uh, Well, they should certainly pay attention. (laughs) Because um, we record er everybody that we talk to in the course of a search. So our database is constantly growing. Oh, yeah. And, And whether it's formally or informally, we are noting how people respond Mm -hmm. to us and whether they're helpful. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll share an anecdote. I had someone who was a candidate on a search, and he um, subsequently I called him for advice, and I called him five times. Oh, gee. And he gave me great ideas. And the sixth time I called him was because I had an opportunity in San Diego, and he's the only guy I knew in San Diego. (laughs) And I described what I was competing for and he said well your timing is perfect because I just sold my company and um, I'm 20 minutes from their headquarters and he got the job whoa but he had paid his dues basically we had a relationship that developed over time he took the time to be helpful to me Mm -hmm. and then one came back that was a a bullseye for him 
I want you to remember this, that this guy that Bruce is talking about gave to Bruce repeatedly before he got anything. So we're going to come back to that theme, right? The theme there is give to get. Yeah, which um, fits totally that once you've been found, how you get attention too. But we'll come to that in a little more depth. I'd like to hit on two core concerns that job seekers have, Bruce, while you're here. Uh, You need to move fast. I know that. You're screening a lot of people. It's uh, time is precious Mm -hmm. to get the company, somebody, to meet their needs quickly. People, job seekers will often say, I never heard back from them. I Bruce is a little different than this, folks, so this is one reason I have great respect for him, but a lot of search people, you've got to admit, don't get back to job seekers. Have any thoughts on that? It is the nature of our business. It's not something that that I'm happy about in the industry. Mm -hmm. We're not as good about saying thank you as we should be. Uh, The reality is uh, the company's paying our, our bills, and we've got to talk to a lot of people. It's not unusual. In, in a search to talk to between 80 and 200 people. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sausage making in the middle of yeah. all of that. And one of the things that not infrequently happens uh, is that we'll talk to a really good candidate very early in the search. Um, and we have to make a judgment. Do we do a trial balloon or do we hold them mm-hmm. until we have context for that candidacy? And yeah. my experience is it's better to wait uh, so the search process a lot of times is sort of hurry up and wait. You have a yeah. contact and then things may go quiet for a while. And if you've got other things cooking, you know, should feel free to touch base. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand the process in order to understand why that if you don't hear about happens. Yeah. It's not about you is the bottom line. It's about the search firm and the process they're going through. Secondly, what I hear from that clearly as a career coach is you don't sit around and wait and hope that that one egg hatches you're doing multiple initiatives during the search yeah and don't really think that because you get an initial call that that's even close to an offer it's a screening so it's a a marathon (laughs) so to speak right okay there's also the second stereotype I want or concern that I want to touch on is that search firms aren't too interested in you unless you're employed. Is that still the case? Well, there are different reasons for uh, not being employed. I make a <laughs> distinction between being on the beach and being on the street. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. And when okay. we're dealing at the CEO level, there's so much M&A that goes on today that uh, companies may be sold mm-hmm. and that puts somebody on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's totally valid. Okay. Uh, but okay. You, you certainly, uh, you have more leverage if you are employed. Okay. So I wouldn't stay employed for that reason specifically, but having an answer, anticipating it as a question you're going to be getting from search firms yeah. and how you're, there are a lot of ways you can respond to that, all the way from consulting to your taking your latest exec ed course to whatever that shows that you're growing and connecting in ways that are helpful to them for the future too. Okay, we have, that's the business model and the preparation and the process, excuse me, that I wanted to go into. Now, how does the job seeker get on the A list? The list of people that they're probably in your phone, your cell phone right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the people that you'll, you know you're going to be contacting. Well, 
if the question is how does one get found, yeah, uh, there 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 are a few components to that. Um, once you are found, you want to leave a good impression and be helpful. We we've already sort of covered mm-hmm. that. But how to be found? The 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 best way to be found is to be successful. A lot of things uh, derive from that. Yeah. The second piece is to be visible. Wait, wait, wait. Let's stick on successful for a second. The success is defined as? It, it, it's different in different roles, but mm-hmm. I guess my, my advice would be don't just think about what you're responsible for. <sighs> think about what are the accomplishments that you had while you had that responsibility. Yes. Take care of tracking the metrics of your own career and and putting them in um, uh, your resume. That is one of my pet peeves. That's usually a list of responsibilities. With no and if you ask yourself, yeah, exactly. If you ask yourself the question when you're working on your resume, so what? I did this, so what? It usually pushes you towards the profitability or the outcomes or results. Mm-hmm. And that's what companies and search firms are really interested in, too. So push yourself a little bit further. Now, you said be visible, excuse me. Yes, um, you don't want to do that at the expense of being good and being successful, <laughs> but right. um, you carve out a little bit of time for career management. Uh, go to events, uh, be a networker, mm-hmm. make yourself uh, take that extra time to meet people and, and develop relationships. Uh, I think it's great experience to work in an industry association project uh, or, or an event. So be visible within the industry, and the officers within those industries are prime sources for us. Yeah. Okay. So, so hanging, just being visible, being, actually, you could be a thought leader, too. You could still yeah. present and a blog or just be uh, current and up-to-date and letting people, helping people with information and sharing. That helps build reputations, too. I want to put together two points. Bruce said that when they are sourcing candidates and identifying the right people, he and his firms and partners and uh, senior associates go to professional association meetings. And you'll ask the association president, maybe, or some other leaders. Executive director. Okay. Figure it now. You hear this? This is, where are you hanging around? If you were at these same professional association meetings, and if you found one, you don't have time to do much but maybe one that's really useful, then you might get involved some. You might get in a, on a subcommittee or on the board because you might just be that person that Bruce would be asking. And you could say, well, let me take a look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's getting in-depth and getting the influencers to know who you are too. Yep. Let's just hit on one more and how to be found. And I would guess that LinkedIn is a fairly... LinkedIn is very important okay. today and... Um, one of the one of the keys is to keep that entry sparkling. Yeah, so that same means more. be be concise. It is not your resume, yeah. so it should be thought of differently. But it the the kind of connections that come from LinkedIn uh, should be crisp, clear, uh, and complete. Yeah. Okay. So that. Tailors, and I would submit putting keywords that your market's looking for too, so the sure. search people can find you. As one search person told me, if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist. <laughs> that was pretty harsh too. Um, I want to flip. To, we could spend a time on, uh, a while on that alone. If we have some extra time, let's come okay. back on being found. I just add yeah. one thing, and that is yeah. keep the resume up to date. And, okay. and 
um, when you start a job, it's very easy to put everything away. Yeah. But mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. that uh, the most current job current. Yeah, good on to go. The resume. Yeah, with your accomplishments. With the accomplishments, because the reality is, if you're the last one contacted. Yeah, if you're the last, you you want to be on top of things, too. Uh, We just have one minute till break, so I want to touch lightly, and we can come back to it, too. But people who are in a job search don't just want to wait to be found. They want to take action and talk to search people and talk to the partner about the searches they're conducting. I may be their solution. So... We're not going to finish this before break, but why don't you just give me 30 seconds about how you would respond if somebody wanted to chat? Well, warm introductions are always the best. Okay, warm means come through somebody the search person knows. Yeah, Yeah. and particularly if it's out of your geography, just a a sort of a scattergun approach to meeting people isn't going to get you too far. No, they're hoping that often the seeker is thinking, well, you'll have a lot of job openings and you'll tell me about them. You need to understand, I work on less than a dozen projects a year. Well, that was one of my other questions exactly. What is your volume here? And the volume usually isn't high. So to think that you're going to hit the right person, the right search person when they have exactly the specs for you, think odds are pretty slim. Yeah, it's a one in a hundred, but it's still part of the one of the channels in your strategy. One in the hundred, so that's pretty rare too. Okay, we're going to be going to break now. And during the break, I'd like you to check out the excerpt I've posted from my book, The New Job Security, that's on my website and uh, LassiterConsulting.com and on my LinkedIn page about how you identify the right search firms for you and then how to get them to pay attention. See you in three minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. Hope you found the excerpt from the new job security about working with search firms and being of help to them, which is part of where we'll be headed. I just wanted to touch again on the point that we had right before break about Bruce saying that 12 searches a year, probably, maybe one a month, something in there. And so the frequency, high-level searches don't happen often. And so being the needle at the right time (laughs) for the haystack, yeah, this is where they might talk to you if you come through a friend, but don't be surprised if you don't hear back. I I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, and even if you do get in front of them, it's not like they're going to have this Pandora's chest of wonderful things, too, because what they're working on that time may not be anything close to what you want. Correct. So just reality uh, check there. But you oh. never know when a window is going to open or close. Okay. <laughs> you never know. Making friends and helping them. Okay. So let's say, let's move further down the path. You've been found. Let's look at the process from here. You are actually a candidate for mm-hmm. a prospective job. And we've already talked about moderate the excitement. Be inter- uh, What I tell people curious is be curious and friendly. Is that fair? Fair (laughs) Don't wag your tail too much, though. (laughs) Well, at the levels that we're talking about, it's about the right fit. Exactly. That's a big deal. You want to say more? Sure. The the more junior candidates for a job are the eager ones. Yeah. The the most powerful candidates for a job are looking at this as a mutual exploration. That's, you know, if you can adapt that to your style... From the get-go, I, this is a level playing field. It's just the job seeker doesn't often know that. Correct. Yeah. And so as a result, their approach changes too, right? If, if someone's selling too hard mm-hmm. to get the job, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a signal sign. to me that they're, uh, they're stretching to it. Yeah. And when you look at the reality, um, few people who engage us will hire potential that's underqualified. <laughs> Not for the CEO. Not for the CEO. They want someone who is fully qualified. Um, and so while we try and present a band of candidates that say, mm-hmm. here's what you could get for X, here's what you can get for 2X. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we're paid by the company to provide them with choices. Yeah. You, uh, My experience is that most companies will opt for the fully qualified high price spread. And find the money. And find the money. That's because, right. as I said, I give them choices, but they make the trade-off between cost and value. Mm-hmm. And value doesn't mean cheap. <laughs> Generally not. So, hear that? Uh, this is, uh, it's being thoughtful and reflective as well as very interested and friendly. That yeah. you're, I, the mindset is more being, a, if you bought this company, what sort of questions would you ask? And if they can have that perspective and objectivity. The best candidates ask the best questions. Yeah. And frankly, a, a, a lot of my clients sort of sit back and see how the candidate asks 
questions. Are Ooh. they at the right level? Are they elevating the conversation? Ooh, so great. you need to do research on the company and determine what might be some of the issues going on. They should be disclosed in the specification and in the mm-hmm. conversation with your with the search consultant, but uh, there's always a backstory mm-hmm. to the extent that you can be sensitive to culture, ask great questions that display you have studied the company and the industry, and elevate the conversation um, to the point just above where you're hiring. Perfect. And that, actually, that goes for C-level, too. For a, It's absolutely C-level. Yeah. And, and when you're talking about a, a CEO search, mm-hmm. it's saying, well, this com- this person might be able to do a $50 million company, but it's a different skill set to do a $150 million company. Perfect. And yeah. you, when when I talk to compensation consultants to, to price some of these things, the, the thought is you're never hiring for where the company is today. You're hiring where for where you want be. the company to yeah. be in five years, yeah. which is usually growth. Yeah, which means the salary should be worth the future as well, uh, the compensation. So there's some long-range planning there, isn't yeah. there? But in designing your questions before you go in, it takes research on your part yes, it and does. thought. Research seems to be a big deal in knowing a lot about the people in the company, their strategy, their competition. Could you say about what you see? Certainly their website's important. Mm -hmm. If you know people in the uh, competitors or others in the industry uh, and you can do it confidentially, that's certainly helpful. Glassdoor has created a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, discussions and that's a good place to look to see. That's a website if you haven't explored it before, Mm glassdoor.com. I tell people to take it with a grain of salt because it's often disgruntled people that are going on it but it's still point taken it's part a, of research. a research tool yeah. yeah and I may not even reference it if I were interviewing it but I'd use the information <laughs> that's when I'm uh, preparing for a, a meeting one of my questions to somebody who knows the environment maybe this is a pitch to get a search uh-huh. I said, what's the smartest question I can ask that will get us into a discussion that isn't visible Ooh, ooh, say more well, it's just yeah. it's one you display, uh, you know, perspective yeah. and, and competency. But if you if you can tease out an issue mm-hmm. that you can be helpful on, oh, that isn't visible because the company is not making it visible. It may not be in the spec. Yeah. It, it, oh, interesting. But there may be evidence of it. Mm-hmm. In, things people have said or what you see in, in the press about the company. There could be some politics or financial or all sorts of issues. Yeah. And no, being sensitive to and understanding the culture mm-hmm. and what fits with you and what doesn't fit with you is also part of that. Yeah, that seems to be one of the more important things in choosing your CEO is the cultural fit. Very much so. And there's generally... You have a culture, you don't want to break that culture, but mm-hmm. frequently a, a, a search will be, we need to move the culture in a direction, yeah. bending it without breaking it, and usually that's around accountability. Accountability, as in execution, outcomes. Being responsible. Yeah, and getting it done, too, which is fascinating. Uh, so there was the piece about for research. The website is important. Mm-hmm. But it says what you want it to say. <laughs> so sure. So, but then um, if it's public, mm-hmm. um, go to Fidelity or whatever 
your, the security analyst the security and the research report that, the 10K. That yeah. that industry and see mm-hmm. what's said about the company and its and competitors. all the SEC filings. There are, there are a lot of sure. places, too. So yeah. one of the questions that comes out is what keeps you up at night? Yeah. What's going to keep me up at night if I take this job? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> to turn it on yourself. That sure. is perfect. And they're typically interviewing with who? The head of the nominating committee on the board? Well, back a little bit to process in a CEO search generally there is a search committee and it's mm-hmm. a subcommittee of the board mm-hmm. and uh, the biggest job the board has frankly is choosing the CEO oh yeah or so removing a CEO as well <laughs> they don't take that lightly <laughs> no but the the point is um, there's a choreography and generally a search process is going to have four four meetings before you get that offer Okay. And um, the first meeting is 80% buying by the by the company. Mm-hmm. They have to sell a little bit so they can make sure they have the opportunity to buy if they want. Okay. Second round tends to be 50-50. Let's talk about roll up our sleeves, talk about real issues. How do you think about them? Is there uh, is there comfort in in that in that degree? Uh, and the third round is is uh, sort of 80% selling, but you the company because they're already interested to get to the third round. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they don't like the way the candidate is buying, they can mm-hmm. back away. Okay. And frequently, the, I think it's a good idea for a fourth round, which I call walking the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you've got to get the spouse involved, make sure that oh. that person is, is uh, uh, you know, on board. Yeah. And um, get away from the office, whether it's going to play golf, go skiing, Drink a half a bottle of wine. Find out who that person is because oh, there's going to be times when things yeah. are are tense and, and tiring. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that the core person is somebody you're going to want to be dealing with. And that's a two-way street. That's why I say it's a, a, uh, a mutual assessment. A lot of these are relocations as well that you work with? Then that defines some of the key variables in the search. Uh, I had one couple of years ago where we had industry as a, as a key requirement, but we were also looking at a, uh, a division president in um, uh, a particular part of the upper Midwest that had a very strong culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the trade-off was, could we get somebody to move and get his spouse to move from Texas? And he was a Brit. Yeah, ooh, ooh, a third culture. Northern Michigan. <laughs> These are three foreign countries. <laughs> with, with very tough winter weather. And yeah. ultimately the decision was to go with a, uh, a good athlete from the local community because of the cultural fit. But see, this is walking the beach interview, too. Does yes. all this fit at a social level for you and your family? And yep. if they're kids and everything, for CEOs, there's probably often a relocation conversation somewhere. Okay, so you are have worked through the four meetings, and you are about to make an offer. Who typically conducts the negotiations? Well, part of my end game, beside references, and we can talk about that as a separate topic, is okay. is gathering information about the comp- compensation details. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the conversation. We'll have some high-level discussions, but we also know that a CEO candidate is going to pull out a sharp pencil at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I found it works better to uh, draw out all of the, the different components of compensation. Last thing, part of my job is to reduce emotion in the end game. Yeah. Companies, the, the hiring board is betting the company 
the candidate is betting his or her career. So it can be very <laughs> High emotional. <stakes. laughs> yep. And my job is to uh, help mediate that and, and get the emotion out of it. So I collect information about compensation. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be an apples to apples offer. But we can make sure that we're it makes sense and that we're not getting a surprise of of a of a deferred income fifty thousand dollar something yeah that that suddenly becomes a problem at the last at second. the last minute too. We're going to need to wrap up, but one last point on negotiating. I typically tell people to work with the person that has the purse strings at the end to do the final negotiation. Do you see them working with, I guess that means it'd be the head of the compensation committee or who are they finally doing the fine tuning with? Different companies have different styles in this. I think more the norm is that we'll put together an offer and I I help coach them on, here are all the things that could be in it. Okay. Um, And then I deliver a verbal view of the offer and Get take the, the reaction and, and, and see, understand where there's wiggle okay. room. Okay, so with a search firm, you may be working more with that person and the person from the search firm when it's in a CEO search than in some other jobs that are yes. uh, lower level. Okay, we're going to go to our last break and we're going to come back and finish on the interviewing side. And we're going to get started on how to help search firms and to wrap up the session. Helping search firms is pretty smart. See you in three minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, 
back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're going to start with working wisely with search firms and how to do that with Bruce Walton of Battaglia Winston. Being able to develop relationships with search firms instead of a transaction will start friendships and mutually satisfying relationships that stand the test of time. These, I treat them like any other networking relationship that you're not just using them because you're in a job search, that you uh, feel like you have something that you can help them with and vice versa. Is that fair, Bruce? Uh, it is absolutely fair. And as I said earlier, you know, you're, each time you interact with a recruiter, they're taking your measure. <laughs> oh, I better be careful when I talk to you. <laughs> and so if you add value to that discussion, if you take the time, if you return a call uh, mm-hmm. in a timely way, those are all positives. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I can't tell you how many people sort of don't return calls and then when they need a job, they come They back call and are nice. And, and, and uh, sort of don't understand why we don't have as much time for them. Or blow you off when you do call, kind of like the robocall type thing, and that's duly noted. You wouldn't believe their databases, by the way. Search firms know everything about you. They know the name of your dog, so (laughs) (laughs) worse than Santa Claus with a list who's naughty and nice. So The simple answer is be thoughtful and helpful. And, And because we are a networking process or we use a networking process if there's someone who knows the fish pond I'm fishing and you can point me to them it may not be a candidate but it may be somebody who really knows the industry or that Mm -hmm. particular fish pond and that's helpful to move the process forward and those those referrals uh, when they're good are remembered so the referrals that's one way they can help search firms to start off with you may not be the person for a search but you know other people that's called being a source. That is and being a source. That's what the role I like to serve. If you don't have people that are immediately obvious too about who should be, uh, who should we be thinking about that we yeah. may not or have who considered. may know this industry mm-hmm. or marketplace that would be a good advisor to us. Absolutely, and you can be that when so when search people call, you may not be interested, but you can give them other people. Sure. That is a twofer. It, it's not unusual to get a candidate three to five steps down a daisy chain. Talk huh. to person one who refers you to person oh, really? two, person three. Whoa. It does work. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's impressive. That's hard to do on LinkedIn, but you can do it with a search. <laughs> People it, it takes keep talking. Listening. It's not just email. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. If you actually give a search firm a name, a potential prospect, I typically let the prospect know as well because you just made two friends instead of one. I think that's good advice. And the prospect is appreciative. And even if they never hear from the search firm, they'll remember that you thought of them and they'll want to do favors for you in return. So it all goes around. Other ways that... uh, Well, a couple of things. I mean, I... When email came in 10 years ago, I I started thanking people and telling them how the search um, ended. Oh, and I can really? only do that if I have their email. So it's yeah. uh, it's it's a good idea in the, an early conversation to make sure somebody knows how, or a recruiter knows how to reach you at Ooh. the end oh, um, for future reference. Uh, 
That's changed dramatically. That has. Okay. Just one, well, maybe two other things. One is be wise of uh, about a compu- uh, the time of a search professional to want to shoot the breeze about what uh, job openings they have. You know, they're going to have be time constrained. That's precious. But even more important is don't talk to them if you want to change industries or functions too dramatically. That's not their job. It, it's a harder it's a harder move, and it generally has a financial cost to the candidate. A financial cost. Ooh, okay. Now, you're yeah. rewarded for what you've done well yeah. and can do again. If you oh. want to do something new and different, that takes. Okay. And that's a, a big deal. So go to them if you're a round peg, round hole, and have a good networking connection and keep the expectations low. But help them in the meantime. How's that? And, exactly. And it all comes back around. Yeah. Two quick final points. Ooh. If you don't get the job. Yeah, stay in touch. Yes, yeah, stay in touch with a recruiter. That's fine. Christmas card, holiday cards, whatever. It doesn't have to be asking for anything. So it can be that relationship. Okay. Bruce, when a search is wrapped up and maybe the person didn't get it, but you leave on good terms, and probably the person knows that he or she didn't get it because you've we, noticed that. We try it. and reach so out. So what do they do then? Well, um, stay in touch. Stay in, Stay a friend. And if you make a move, because the people we're talking to frequently are in thinking about moving at least, um, let your recruiter network know where you land. Really? Don't make them find you later. Keep okay. yourself up to date with the recruiters that you know. Has LinkedIn helped with that some? It does. But it, it also says something about your attention to the recruiter. Yeah, that, that helps you don't care. their yeah. relationship. Yeah, well, they didn't get the last job either, did they? <laughs> if, we produ- if we have six candidates, only one person can get the job. And this is where leaving the relationships whole is important. Yes. Okay, that makes total sense. First of all, I'm sorry, because we could keep going on this for a while, but we do need to wrap up, and I want to uh, just hope that you can be taking away that help your favorite firms and join some professional groups or get involved and keep LinkedIn and your resume up to date and going. So your takeaways. Thank you, all of you, for joining us. It was great to have you here to talk about being found, how search firms find CEOs. And today our guest was Bruce Walton. Bruce is partner at Battaglia Winston, a mid-sized global executive search firm, top 15 best firms in the search. And Bruce, thank you. You were Amazing. An expert, too. Find him at BattaliaWinston.com and on LinkedIn.com. And you can check out my website at LassiterConsulting.com. Email me at info at CEO Academy with Pam or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Join us for the next couple of weeks where we're going to be looking at negotiations and CEO transitions. There are all sorts of transitions CEOs have. So we're going to be exploring how to manage those, keeping your relationships, and growing your reputation. Thank you for listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 